0: Hi, I'm Davis
1: and I'm Rowan
0: and we're dating. Welcome to our podcast Runtime Babe. Um today we're talking about the New York Film Festival that we saw a couple of movies at. I saw a couple of movies at. Rowan saw significantly more mm-hmm. and to cover even more ground, we've brought on a guest. Yes. Rowan, do you want to introduce our guest?
1: No, actually.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, uh, here to join us today is my friend and uh, co-host of another podcast that we are both on. Uh, it is my friend Foster Harlfinger, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hi hey. everybody. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Foster and I uh, co-host uh, another podcast called Franchise Paradiso uh, with our friend Heath, and um, this is Fo- Foster's first appearance on Runtime Babe, which is crazy because I don't know. I feel like. Foster you're my you're my like go-to movie person in the New York City
2: area. So <laughs> first time on runtime babe, but like eighth time on one of your podcasts. It's, it's yeah. true, it's true, it's true. Yeah. Um I uh I don't know. I'm I'm a serial
1: podcaster yeah. at, at this point. It's a problem. It, yeah. Um I should really see someone about it. Um but yeah, so in terms of the New York New York film festival, let me get that out. Um, I've been going to school uh, here in New York for, this is my third fall here, and I didn't go at all my first year. Uh, the second year, I went, I think I, uh, Foster, we saw two, or or I saw two movies with you uh, last year. And this year, it's theoretically my last year, and so I, I, I needed to needed to make it count. Um, so I got tickets for as many things as I could, even if I am was not sure if I was going to like the movie. Um, just because I feel like that's kind of how you do these things, because you're not, you know, you're not going to be sure until you see it, because not many people have seen these movies yet. Um, Foster, what's your history with the with the festival?
2: Oh, it's only one year older than your history with the. <laughs> I, the first time I went, I saw two movies, um, and I just I don't get passes or anything. I just get tickets like as if they're normal movies. I just wait in the queue. Um, so the first one I saw was Tragedy of Macbeth. That was really, really cool because it was a huge Q&A with, like, Denzel and Francis McDormand and Joel Cohen and a bunch of other people. It was pretty, pretty exciting. Um, And then the second year I went, I went with you to a couple things. Um, And I think I probably saw, like, five or so movies there. And then this year uh, was the the third year for me. And so I saw six things total this year. Nice.
0: Yeah, I've never been to the New York Film Festival or any film festival really. This is the first year that I'm like, still in New York that I'm like into movies, Mm -hmm. like other than very specific genres of movies, Mm -hmm. which is how I used to operate. And then I wasn't like, New York Film Festival didn't really, it didn't feel like anything I was gonna be super into, except we recently, like in this past year, I'd never seen a Ghibli film. And then I watched every single Ghibli film this year for the podcast. Um, And so the new Miyazaki movie, I wanted to see as soon as possible. I was very excited about that.
1: That was our number one priority. So for for
0: me, it was less about the festival and more, I really want to see the new Miyazaki movie. And I was like, (laughs) Rowan, if you get tickets for that, please get one for me and then there was another movie that you were like maybe we should see it so i ended up just seeing two yes and they were both great
1: yeah um i saw five in total um and, uh that the those five will cross over with one of these two people so it, <laughs> it makes perfect yeah. sense uh that we are all together um so the basically for this episode we are going to go chronologically through the movies that each of us saw give like little reviews for each of them and then we're uh
0: spoiler free just so spoiler free of course people don't have to worry because a lot of times when we talk about movies we just mm-hmm. use flagrant spoilers
1: totally so. especially because a lot of these movies, Ah, uh, don't have wide releases yet. Ah, uh, most of them have only been at film festivals so far, and that's a very limited audience, um, comparatively. And I, th- I believe only one of the movies that we'll be talking about today, um, has actually been released in proper theaters, and that's the first thing that Foster and I saw. Um, but uh, the rest of it uh, will be out in theaters, uh, la- either later this year or maybe early next year. Um, so we're just gonna you know take things light, and then, and then at the end we're gonna rank everything. So a nice little. Tying up everything with a nice little bow. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I suppose we should start off with. Oh, uh, op- Foster, was this opening day that we saw this one?
2: Uh, opening day, of the festival or yeah, of the movie? Yeah. Of, of, of um movie. I want to say no, but I <laughs> but I don't actually know. Yeah, I um, I, I I am not super well versed on like when. I don't I don't think it was because I think the usually I think the first one is probably like a nighttime thing. Right. 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 I'll, right. I'll look it up as you're talking. Yeah. Um, so
1: anyway, Foster and I saw um, a short film. Was the first thing we saw. That's a strange way of life. Uh, the new uh, Pedro uh, Almodovar uh, film. It's a short film, Western short film, starring Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal. Um, this is it. I, I heard this described as uh, Almodovar's answer to Brokeback Mountain, which is interesting because he was um, in uh, he was in the running to direct it uh, back uh, d- to direct Brokeback Mountain back in the day and um this is his sort of him tackling the uh the queer western subgenre um with ethan hawk and pedro pascal who were immensely talented actors so I, I i was excited for this one based on the cast alone a of our style has never really been my favorite thing so i w- I, I will say I i wasn't excited per se, to see a new film of his, but just I knew that this was going to be something that people were talking about, and so I wanted to sort of get in on the ground floor
2: um, on that.
1: Uh, Foster, what were your expectations for for this one?
2: Uh, so first of all, I looked it up. It was the second day of the festival, day. so day after. Um, my expectations were Uh, I didn't have any expectations. I mean, this is this was 30 minutes, this whole thing, this short. So I I wasn't I had heard it was supposed to be like pretty decent, but kind of like, just the first third of a movie, basically. And that's kind of what it was. Um, I mean, I love Ethan Hawke. He's like one of my favorite people. So I was super excited for him. Um, And I do like Pedro Pascal. Uh, Pedro Amadova, I have seen. I want to say two of his movies, and it's not even like the Spanish language ones that everybody loves. It's it's um Parallel Mothers and Pain and Glory. Parallel Mothers didn't blow me away. Pain and Glory, I thought was like incredible. And so I feel like I should go back and watch a lot of his other movies. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was... I'm,
1: I'm hearing that I should watch Pain and Glory because the only one of his I've seen is Parallel Mothers and it didn't grab me at all
2: yeah, my understanding is like if if people who are like Almodovar stands or whatever made a big ranking of all his movies, I think parallel mothers would be like towards the bottom um,
1: Good to know. um, but anyway, so yeah, as Foster mentioned, thirty minutes, it's like a it's very much a short film. One thing that struck me like pretty early on was that the script felt translated, like it was clearly written in Spanish and then translated to English. And I think that that comes off interestingly in the performances because they, they feel like they're delivering dialogue perhaps not as naturalistically as they would an original English language script. But Pedro Pascal and Ethan Hawke are so good that they can sell it and they can make it work and they can make it sound like like they are – I don't really know. Like they, 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 they can make it sound as natural as 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 possible. And um, Pedro Almodovar was there. He did q and A Q&A afterward. Um, I, I'm sorry, and
2: an extended conversation. An I
1: think extended you need to say?
2: conversation. Yeah, just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah,
1: which was, I believe, I think the longest Q and A. Which makes sense because the rest of the um, Q and As we saw were labeled Q and A, and they were like relatively short. And this one was longer. Um, yeah. Which which makes sense, being an extended conversation at all. Um,
0: I remember you told me afterwards that someone asked, like, what happens next in the story? Yeah. And he'd clearly, like, really, like, almost <laughs> written a full film around totally. this and just, like, spouted out, like, a crazy amounts of story that yes. happened afterwards. L-
1: like, he he just, sit, like, summarized an entire feature that <laughs> I'm wondering if he just couldn't get the money for a whole, like, for for a 90-minute movie and he just decided to make a short, but... I don't, I don't know what's what's your what's your take on that foster
2: um my take is i don't know but I, <laughs> one thing that i've heard is uh from i've like listened to podcasts about all of these movies and stuff Uh, Apparently, the speculation, the rumor mill is that he is making these short films as a way of sort of testing the waters, making something English language with the hopes of possibly doing like an English language feature. I haven't seen this, but he did another short. I want to say it's called The Silent Voice. I'll verify as I'm talking, but with Tilda Swinton. And uh, it seems like he is inching towards doing like a, an English language feature debut. And so I think it's, I, I, I do think that's kind of cool that directors can do use use short films as a way of sort of testing the waters, kind of like the Wes Anderson Netflix shorts. Mm-hmm. Or I know Yorgos Lanthimos just did a short with Emma Stone called Bleat, which I did not see, but mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of shorts. There's something in the air right now. Totally.
1: Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Foster, what were your just overall thoughts on... Str-
2: strange way of life um i thought it was fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh, <laughs> uh, like like liked it a little bit but it's just kind of hard to get attached to it because it's so short <laughs> um my favorite thing about it is ethan hawk um who is he's my favorite thing in anything he's in pretty much so <laughs> it's like deep, um, deep gravelly voice Oh, yeah, he is like Northman mode. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I just don't have much to say about it because it is so short. But um, I thought it was pretty good for what it was. It's just um, like just inherently limited by being 30 minutes. Yeah.
1: Um, Next up was All of Us Strangers, which Davis and I saw together. Um, That's the new film directed by Andrew Haig. And it has... Um, Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal starring in it with supporting performances from uh, Jamie Bell and Claire Foy. Um, yeah, uh, we saw this uh, the Monday after Strange Way of Life, and uh, you uh, you should you should take take this away. You you haven't gotten a lot to say. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> this one was. I didn't really know anything about it Rowan was getting the tickets for boy and the heron and everything else he wanted to see and he was just kind of like seeing if there was anything that I might be into and he was like oh there's this it's like gay and like the flea bag priest is in it and I was like okay yeah you've sold me I'll see it um so there was this was the one other thing that I just kind of randomly like no expectations I was like yeah like I like queer cinema. Mm-hmm. I'm down. It's a gay director. So anyway, oh went into it, not expecting a ton, was blown away. Mm-hmm. I loved this so much. Um I full-on sobbed, I think three <laughs> separate times throughout the film, and for different reasons than other people were. Like there's so many moments that were just like really poignant and could make a variety of different people really emotional. I think a lot of themes of, like, being queer, especially in different generations, which I thought was cool, like, being queer as, like, a 45-year-old man versus, like, a 20-year-old man really went into that. And then also grief was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I immediately was like, mom and dad, you guys need to watch this. (laughs) Like, parents of queer kids watch this. I mean, there's just, like, a lot of different reasons that it was super impactful and then andrew scott's performance like blew me away to the point where i i know oppenheimer isn't going to be for me like <laughs> i know what i like and it's not a three hour period drama about making of a weapon like that's just like not something that i would be into and so i was like why watch a movie that is going to be good but i'm not going to enjoy and then have the opinion that I didn't like it you know <laughs> yeah and so I haven't seen Oppenheimer because of that and after watching this I was like I need to see Oppenheimer because I cannot possibly imagine Killian Murphy giving a more nuanced and impactful mm-hmm. performance than Andrew Scott just gave and so now I'm gonna watch Oppenheimer just because I want to see if Killian... did I say his name yeah, right yeah yeah what's his last name Murphy. I forgot it between saying <laughs> I almost called him Killian Scott Killian Murphy because i i'm sure he's fantastic and i want to see why he's so good and if he actually is better than andrew scott mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on this movie
1: uh like so beautiful i also cried yeah um, probably for different reasons yeah i think if, we if, cried if, at different if i'm being points. honest yeah um i uh i mean stuff with stuff with parents tends to get me especially dads yeah
0: i cried at the gay stuff and you cried at the
1: dad's like stuff. like the dad stuff yeah um like uh about time is. I mean, I've talked about it extensively, but the stuff with the dad, it like hits me the hardest, most of all. Um, and the stuff in in all of us strangers with the parents is like it's it's so, so interesting because these two, the, like the movie, feels like sort of, like like it splits in two at points with mm-hmm. the story that it's 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 telling, but it weaves together both of those stories in just such interesting and intricate ways. Mm-hmm um that I was not prepared to appreciate as much as I did uh, and yeah it's it's just so um beautiful and so um poignant and like very willing to just live in moments and not necessarily crowd it with dialogue or anything that um that will distract you from or like that will take away from what you're seeing it's a very visual movie in that way um and also just just every it uses dialogue sparingly so that when there is dialogue you feel it and it hits a lot harder
0: and i think i don't think it's successful in everything it tries to do but i think all the things it's trying to do are so awesome and the points where it is like super successful are so good Mm -hmm. that it was like like, left and I couldn't even figure out how to talk about it. Yeah. I loved it so much.
1: Yeah. Um, this will be released uh, in December. Probably a limited release in the U.S. until next year. But, like, th- this is one that I think people need to see. I hope it gets the Oscars' attention. Yeah. But, I don't know. I haven't been seeing it on any, like, articles about predicting if categories. If Andrew Scott
0: year. doesn't get nominated.
1: You'll be very the
0: world sad. The is, like, there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? like how would that even not happen yeah anyway yeah is that that's that's kind of all my thoughts on it without getting into specific spoilers there's
1: stuff that I want to talk about so badly maybe we'll do a full
0: episode one day we should
1: should, yeah I was about to say we should see it again yeah yeah, because I do want to see it again yeah um anyway moving on uh the next movie Foster and I saw was called evil does not exist Um, that is the new movie by Ryosuke Hamaguchi, who did Drive My Car a few years ago. Um, and that was, you know, that was nominated for Best Picture and won uh, Best uh, International Film, and so, like, I, I not to say that I had high hopes for this one, but I was very, very interested. Um, and that was the approach I took to most other things I saw, like, new thing by this director that I know is objectively great, uh, and I will say it did, it did pay off, even if the movies were not my favorite, but foster turning it over to you uh your thoughts on evil does not exist
2: okay so going into this i knew one thing about this movie and that was that it was about glamping and so i was hyped (laughs) as the world's foremost glamping fan which but for people who don't know the uninitiated that's glamorous camping (laughs) and so I, i had no idea what to expect going into this turns out it's a very slow movie um uh, I thought it was a really good movie. It has kind of a wacky ending that everybody talks about when they see the movie. Um, I feel like the ending does make sense, though, when you really think about it. But uh, I, I I really liked, there's like a middle stretch of this movie that takes place at um like a town hall. And that was my favorite section of the movie. And if that were what the whole movie was like, I would love, love, love it as it is right now. I liked it. Um, not as much as Drive My Car, which I thought was like almost a perfect movie um and just felt like a little bit more complete and full and emotional to me um uh i mean technically there's like nothing wrong about this movie you can't really criticize it (laughs) It, it's it's like really well shot everybody's good in it it's like it's exactly what it's trying to be the music is really great too apparently uh, hamaguchi um like heard the music already and so he made the movie around the music which is like backwards from what you would normally do with a, with a score so that's kind of interesting um that being said i feel like uh based on what i had heard about the music i felt like it was almost overhyped just a little bit because the music is really only in like 15 or so minutes of the movie yeah. um, and it's great music but it's not like i don't know i was expecting like a like a whole symphony or something yeah. like throughout the entire movie. And it turns out it's like mostly just talking, which is good talking, but you know, I don't know. What do you think Rowan?
1: I was um, surprised that the, uh, the director of uh, like a, th- a three hour, um, you know, like very heartfelt uh, film decided to follow up, follow it up with like a movie that is like not even two hours. And Yet still manages to like. I talked with all of us strangers. Like it really lives in its moments. This movie, like, like, will not budge from its moments. Like there are stretches where, uh, where one of the main characters will just be chopping wood. It's maybe like three to five minutes long, and like they spend time on the strangest things, and then they have. I'm not going to say I was falling asleep during this movie because I wasn't, but it is the movie that you could like. It is a movie that you could fall asleep to, and I wouldn't complain Um, because it's it's just I I don't know. It's kind of like a vibes movie. It's like you're living in the world with these characters and you're observing their daily lives, and then we'll get that town hall scene, which is just so great and hilarious. And like then it 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 switches tones super fast, and it is suddenly very serious and you really understand the stakes of everything that's going on. And then it'll move back into that, you know, sort of slice of life type thing. Um, and, you know, like you said, Foster, I can't fault this movie for anything. It is very intentional and it's like I can understand, like, especially after we we looked into uh, the ending, um, it, like like I can understand everything that happened, even if it is a little, you um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, abstract. Um, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. It's, it's 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 just not a movie that I would actively seek out if I wanted to watch a movie. This is like this would ne- never really be my first choice. But I'm very glad I saw it. Yeah, I got nothing <laughs> else to add. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, next up is uh, Foster. You saw the Zone of, of Interest. Which yeah, I'm I did. Very excited to hear about because I am disappointed that I that I didn't go see this with you because I have heard very, very good things about this.
2: Okay, so this is a very, very intense movie, so it's not like a, it's not like thrilling or anything, it's like an an important movie, you know, it's one of those. Um, Basically, it's about uh, the commandant of the Auschwitz concentration camp, and he runs the camp and has a house that's like right next door to Auschwitz, and they said at the Q&A that in real life, the house, the front door to his house, his little luxury villa, was a 90-second walk from the entrance to the Auschwitz concentration camp. Like, that's how close it is. So, literally, his house has, uh, like, a dividing wall that has barbed wire on the top of the, of the fence to block out the Auschwitz stuff. And you can see, like, the towers, or the buildings in Auschwitz, like, right outside of their garden, basically. And you can see, like, smokestacks rising up from Auschwitz and you can like see the watchtower where the guards of Auschwitz are just standing there like with guns, like really far in the background. But it's like very, very striking already just like that image. But what the movie does is it never actually goes into Auschwitz because like you've, you've already seen like movies that depicts the stuff in Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to see it in order to have that image in your head. What it does is it follows the Nazis, the, the, runner of the concentration camp and his family and they're just living like they're you know in quotes ordinary lives next door basically she's like putting on makeup but then in the background you're just hearing very light like screams you know that here's what here's what happens is early on in the movie they're having a picnic and you just hear these little background noises and you don't know what they are yet but you hear this i'm gonna try and do it you hear this little like this kind of noise, and you're like, what is that? And we then slowly... filter it out so we didn't hear it. Oh, you didn't hear it? I'm going to try and do it. It's Foster
0: is like... like, tapping his phone. Yeah, yeah. It's like,
2: but like... <laughs> just, just very, very light. You can barely, barely hear it. Uh. And you're like, what is that noise? And then slowly it hits you. Oh my gosh, that's just gunfire. Like, really, really, really quietly, and they just tune it out. You know, it's like how you would tune out traffic, basically. They just tune it out. It doesn't even occur to them, and they're just going about their lives, and it's really, really striking. It's upsetting. It's, like it's just like you see you see the this nazi family like laughing and joking and stuff and you're like how on earth are they going about their their everyday lives when they're responsible for all this awfulness right next door and um man it is very thought-provoking it is very upsetting it's one of those like eye-opening movies that makes you sort of view those events in a different light because it's a perspective on it you've never really seen before in any other movie um yeah, I thought it was incredible. It's very well filmed. Apparently they had hidden cameras and they operated them by remote control. That way it's like more naturalistic and you're not uh it doesn't feel artificial at all. It just feels like you're watching them live out their everyday lives and it's very weird. It's very uncomfy <laughs> this movie, but it's like it's it's kind of perfect. There's really like nothing that could have been done better on a technical level. So this is my my favorite one that I saw um of the of the six that I saw. I thought it was incredible.
1: This is um Jonathan Glazer right who did under the skin this is his
2: new yeah movie. yeah first movie in ten years and wow. only his fourth movie ever he like barely makes a movie and they're all like I've, I've only seen this and under the skin, but like just from what I know of the other two, they're all super different. Mm. He just seems like one of those guys who like zeroes in on a topic, gets really really passionate about it and like gives his all to it for like a yeah. few years and then and then kind of you know bounces out for a little while. That's crazy yeah.
1: yeah. Um, this is at the, like, this just shot to the top of my, um, after you told me you saw it and you loved it, this just shot to the top of my, like, you know, still to see in 2023 list. Um,
2: and you liked the poster.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. The poster I thought was fantastic. Have you seen the poster? I don't think I have. I'm going to, I'm going to pull, pull it up while I'm talking, but it's, I don't know. Like, I like, not to say that I like love Schindler's list in, uh, like in, in a gross way, but I think Schindler's list is just uh like just an absolute masterpiece Mm -hmm. um and it's one of my favorite movies ever and um so foster how would you how would you compare this to um
2: to schindler's list in like in like tone this is like art house schindler's list basically so yeah it's like this is so much slower it's um schindler's list still has like character moments that you can really latch on to and like people you like in the movie there's no one you like in this movie at all Um, like the only sympathy you ever really feel is like for the kids of the Nazis who you can tell are just sort of raised into this family without a choice. That's like the only little ounce of sympathy you have for any of the characters here. Yeah, I would also say the big thing is you literally never go into the Auschwitz camp. You never see one of the one of the Jewish people being brought into the camp. You never see any of it. It's like very intentionally blocks you out of it. And it's like, it's a choice, you know, and
1: Next up is, um, Perfect Days, which Foster and I saw together. That's the new film from, uh, German Devector... De vector I'm getting into it already. Uh, director, that was great. Uh, uh, Vim Vendors, who did, um, Paris, Texas, and Wings of Desire. Uh, this is his latest. Um, this movie is slow. Like, it is... It, it builds itself on being a slow movie. Um, essentially, we are seeing, um... This guy who's the character name I don't remember, uh Hirayama, um played by um Japanese star Koji Yakusho. Um
0: I've been forgetting to play the runtime game with you Oh yeah. I'm so bad at Darn. that. I'll do it for the next okay. movies. Sounds
1: good. Sounds good. Um we can we can like loop back and do it too if you want Oh
0: yeah, we can play at the end. Yeah. Actually,
1: let's do that. Okay. At the
0: end, let's go play the runtime game.
1: Maybe maybe Foster and I can play together. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh boy. Um <laughs> so uh anyway, so Koji uh Yakusho plays Hirayama who's just this this public toilet cleaner in Tokyo that is living his best life. Uh, He's just, I don't know. We see him go about his, his, his full day several times. And occasionally his day is, is, is punctuated. Like his routine is punctuated by these um, third parties of like of, of varying degrees of um, interruption, I guess. And it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, this movie has grown on me a little bit. When I saw it, I was wondering where is this going? And now that I know where it's going, I think I liked it more than I initially thought. Um but it is very very slow. Um it's it's like it it's 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 quiet, it's methodical, it's it very kind
0: of the theme, inoffensive. You would yeah. come back from the festival and I would say, <laughs> "How like what did how was the movie?" And you'd be like, "It was good. It was really slow, <laughs> like everything."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one, this one especially is is like so slice of life that you can't help but like enjoy watching it just because you love seeing this guy be happy and be satisfied with his life and just be and just live. And I don't know there like there are moments where he gets into his car and he like puts a tape like a, um, a tape in a, a cassette and he just listens to like these it's, like 70s, 80s classic songs that. I don't know, it, like, that, those songs make it feel, like, make it feel more than just, like, you're just watching him go about his daily life. You're watching him, like, appreciate life, and that is, like, rewarding in and of itself. What are your thoughts, Foster?
2: Yeah, that last thing you said is what I liked the most about it, the, um, like, I mean, his routine is really boring. (laughs) Like, I won't (laughs) lie to you. (laughs) I, I mean, like... I would not enjoy his job, but it's, it's, that's, that's the kind of thing that everybody in the world has to go through, which is like when you have your job or your classes or whatever, and you're kind of, you know, bored of your daily routine. It's like, how can you find little things to appreciate in the everyday? Um, and I feel like this movie captured it pretty well, um, really well, actually. Uh, the last scene in particular, um, he's got like sort of an extended, uh, emotional sequence in his in his car A that. Maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly um it's great and he is incredible and uh makes it like deeply unexpectedly emotional too because you can tell there's like some underlying maybe sadness in, in there as well even with with uh, trying to find happiness in his daily routine but yeah yeah the performance is so good i think that's like that was one of my main takeaways from this too which I think he won the can whatever the prize is. Best, best, best actor. actor or something, yeah. That would be the one, yeah.
1: <laughs> his, his performance is the absolute highlight of of this movie for me. I think he's so good. And um like like it, it, not just my favorite performance that I think I saw in the festival, sorry Andrew Scott. Oh my um, god, you didn't but, even tell me this. I know, but Because but,
0: we keep talking about how good Andrew Scott <laughs> was. Andrew Scott was amazing. And how I want him to win the Oscar. Yeah. And you keep going along with me. I, you I know. you had this secret the whole <laughs> well, time.
1: Well, I mean, th- this guy's not going to get nominated for an Oscar. Okay. I would love it if he did. He is not going to. Um. But he... Oh, God, I don't know. I, I just connected with him mm-hmm. so much. It, like, just like I did Andrew Scott. Not to say that Andrew Scott's bad. Like, Andrew Scott was fantastic and yeah. made me cry. But... You hated Andrew Scott. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. It's so clear. I liked it's...
0: Andrew Scott's performance until he started kissing boys. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting the right
1: <laughs> the, the right things from this. Um but uh, yeah i i don't know i just was very emotionally affected um by uh, by Hirayama's character um and it's also this movie is very pretty to look at like it's it's very very well shot um and apparently like shot very off the cuff like w- like without too much um like like without the planning that would traditionally like the deep and intense planning that would traditionally go into um, a movie, like like it 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 was filmed very um, quickly and and like I think Foster, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he said in during the Q and A that like they didn't do a lot of shots, like like it was very, I don't remember, but he he yeah. he he was there for Q and A, Q&A, Koji Yakusho, and um the co-writer and producer was also there as well.
2: Yeah, one one other thing that's really cool about this, Vim Venders, you and I both like coincidentally watched uh, Paris, Texas the day before this. Yes. Um, he's a German director, and he directed Paris, Texas, which is in English and feels pretty authentic to me um he did wings of desire which i haven't seen but i assume is german language and mm-hmm. then he did this which is japanese language and apparently like every single time he does one of these movies in a different language in a different country it's like really really authentic and i mean that's how this felt to me too i just think that's really cool and i don't know how you do that um, um but yeah pretty wild
1: yeah i mean uh, koji Yakusho said beforehand that like vim vendors captured tokyo like with the, with the experience of like a native and
2: all that. And, 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 and like, he knows Tokyo better than any of us, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. you. Are, uh, by the way, you are nailing these name pronunciations. I'm very, I'm you. very impressed. Thank you. I'm
1: trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, next up is, uh, so th- both of these happened on the same day, um, but we kind of, we kind of traded off our friend, <laughs> our friend, Robert um, for, for each of them. So first uh, Davis uh, and I and friend of the show and my roommate Connor uh, met Robert uh, in the morning, and we saw the Boy and the Heron, which, as Davis was mentioning earlier, that's Miyazaki's new um, Studio Ghibli film. Uh, the, uh, like it, it was promoted as his last, but now and also
0: watching it, yeah, it really did feel like his last. Mm-hmm. Totally, but then now it's not his last.
1: Yeah, which you know, good for him. I think he will be working until he dies. Yeah, this is like this is clearly what he loves to do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we did a full um other episode on Boy and the Heron, which came out last week. So if you want to check that out, that is in your podcast feed. Um, so I will just move on from here. We Fine. both we we both loved it.
0: Boy and the Heron was really good. Yeah. It's not better than like Spirited Away, but it has a lot of the same strengths and themes as the Miyazaki movies mm-hmm. that everyone loves.
1: Yeah. Foster, do you have any questions about Boy in the Heron?
2: Um how high does it rank for you as far as uh Miyazaki slash Ghibli movies go? Ooh, we talked about this. We did. It is
0: it's, I think it's in both of our top tens yes. for Ghibli. It,
2: it's near the top of my list.
1: Um
0: I have um what some might call questionable Ghibli rankings. <laughs> Like I've got, you know, Palm Poco, and only yesterday in my top ten. So take this with a grain of salt. It's at number seven for me in terms of Ghibli as a whole, and it's at number four for me in terms of Miyazaki. But also, Porco rosso is in my top three Miyazaki, and that <laughs> is not a popular take. So
1: it's um it's number five Ghibli for me, uh, and number four Miyazaki. Um, so pretty high, but then again, like this is based on first impressions and recency bias alone. So who knows what it'll, yeah, once we see yeah. it again. Cause I want to see it. I don't know if you saw the American dub, uh, the English dub cast, foster, yeah. but it looks it, a lot of heavy hitters in there. Did you see, uh, Robert Pattinson is playing the Heron? I did not see that. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: that is going to be really fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, excited. perfect casting.
0: <laughs> um, it's funnier than we anticipated Definitely. there was a lot of seeing it in the theater was great i knew it would be great visually because like every ghibli movie like even the ones that are bad except for earwig are like <laughs> worth it for the visuals alone in my opinion mm-hmm. and so i knew a theater experience especially for miyazaki was going to be fantastic and it was but it was also really fun to see it in the theater just because it, like everyone was laughing like mm-hmm. more than i thought about just like silly little things like little goofy little background guys and stuff <laughs> like yeah it was quite funny mm-hmm. so
1: totally yeah i'm i'm very excited to see it again um but then uh basically robert went off watched some stuff on its own and then met up with foster to see uh the premiere of nathan fielder's new show the curse <gasps> I I'm, want gonna, to I, I'm
0: gonna hear tr- about this i didn't I'm gonna, know this was a thing that existed yeah
2: i'm gonna turn it over to you <laughs> foster um, wait, are you are you too familiar with Nathan Fielder's other stuff? Like, have you seen yeah. Nathan for you in the rehearsal?
0: Yes. Have you seen the rehearsal?
2: We yeah, watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We we watched it together. In fact. Oh yeah, we yeah. did.
0: <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was Nathan for you that we didn't watch all the way together. Yes. But we did watch the rehearsal all the way together. Yeah.
2: Okay. So this is this show is weird, and <laughs> I, I had to pull up the description because I can't even like I, I don't even know what to say. The, Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone play a married couple. They have an HGTV reality show um they gosh I, I it it was so late when I watched it and it was like a week or two ago at this point but they they have this um sort of like they're like a white couple who are going into this neighborhood and they're like and trying to like it? kind of yeah they're like trying to trying to take these lower income families and give them a new home but really they're not as helpful as they're right, acting yeah. like they are so like that that on its own like with those two is like a funny premise because they do these interviews where they're like acting like holier than thou like they're such good people you know but picture Nathan Fielder <laughs> like this is but this is scripted by the way so like it's not a reality show but it's um it's like meta in the way that all Nathan Fielder's stuff is cuz he's like He's in the show. He is making a reality show. It's and then Benny Safdie plays like a, a guy on their crew, and it is a wild. I mean, if you just look at the poster on IMDb, just the way he's standing deserves <laughs> an Academy Award. Um, he, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just such a strange show. It's very funny. It's um, it's pretty. Uh, it's like a commentary sort of satire, or whatever. Is it paranormal, of a or did of, I make that up? Is it paranormal? Um man i've seen three episodes and i want to say maybe kind of a little <laughs> bit um i don't i don't even want to say too much about it but the curse is is um something that is still being explored at up to this point i, I okay. assume it's going to be like 10 or so episodes maybe
0: ben,
1: um, Yeah, they're um they're having screenings of subsequent episodes in blocks of two at the angelica or or at film at lincoln center, <laughs> center over yeah. the course of november yeah.
2: Man, so like I just don't know how to describe the plot of this whatsoever, but it's very funny. It is um very very strange, very watchable. I liked it a lot. Um I'm a big fan of Nathan for You and the Rehearsal. Um I don't know if it'll if it'll top Nathan for You for me, which is like my favorite Nathan Fielder thing. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a must watch. I, one thing that you wouldn't know necessarily is that from from the promos, the score for this is really really good. Like the Ooh, music in this is like, it. kind of a vibe. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't you know. Any questions? Right now. November tenth. You know, know what to say. <laughs> November tenth.
1: Uh, November tenth premiere. Yeah.
0: I think that was a good overview of it. I mean, I was already excited, but now I'm even more excited.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was
0: wondering, like, like tone wise, was it going to be as straight comedy or was it going to be like i don't know kind like of just like 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 put the put the the social com commentary first and then the comedy is like in the background or if it was going to go pretty hand in hand
2: i think um like you could you could not care at all about the social commentary and still enjoy this show i would say because it's like it's not like a It's not like a message show, you know, you don't feel like you're being talked to. It's just like, uh, it's like, it's like, it's the absurdity of it. It's like the cringe comedy aspect of it. There's so many like awkward, like when like Nathan, I'll give you an example of one scene just to give you an idea. (laughs) So they have, they're filming their reality show. Nathan Fielder is like the star of this reality show. And Benny Safdie says to him, hey, look, there's a little girl over there who's like a young black girl who is mm-hmm. just like in the middle of the parking lot. And he's like, why don't you go give her a dollar and we'll catch it on camera. Nathan Fielder walks up to the young black girl, uh, but he realizes he doesn't have a one dollar bill in his wallet. He only has a hundred. And so then he walks back and he's like, I can't give her this. I only have a Do you have a do you have a one dollar bill? And then eventually what he decides is he gives her the hundred dollar bill. And then they get catch it on camera. And then he says, okay, so I actually have to take that back from you. I'm sorry. And so he takes the $100 bill. But he's like, but hey, you were on a TV show. That's cool, right? <laughs> uh, like picture Nathan Fielder's voice. And then the girl like gets very upset. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to try and go. I'm going to go to the ATM and I'm going to get you something. He goes to the ATM. He wants to just take out like uh, a couple dollars. And then um the atm has like a two or three dollar charge if he <laughs> has to use it so he decides to go somewhere else to another guy but then the other guy at the cash register won't give him cash so he goes back to the atm but then the atm has issues and it just escalates from there like on and on and on and on <laughs> oh, all about this dollar. and that's te- that's like the sort of like central inciting incident of the first episode it's just so <laughs> weird <laughs> but it's so great <laughs> love it yeah, i'm
0: very oh, I'm excited about that
2: um
1: yeah, and this was a this was a like a celebrity-filled screening, wasn't it?
2: Oh man, yeah, it was so crazy. I so Robert and I were there, and Robert uh, first of all saw Ari Aster just walking in the street, like not even at the screening. He's like, I think that's Ari Aster, and then I turned around, and it's definitely him because like he's a New York guy too, and um, he was just kind of like walking across the street, like kind of hustling away. I think he saw Robert was noticing him and didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to like deal with that. But um, then uh, Robert was like, like telling me Eric Andre is standing behind us in line right now. And then I just turned around and like picture like the big fro or whatever that he has on his head. And it's like he was just right there. Just like it was so strange to me. I I didn't see everybody that Robert saw, but like I think he went out for a a minute to the bathroom or something. And then he came back and he had like five pictures he had like snuck on his phone of different people he saw. He saw like Joe Kiri from Stranger Things. He saw the other Safty, Josh Safty, I think, um, as well. Uh, and then, um, uh, like, we, we were on, like, the mezzanine, and we, looking down, could see Benny Safty and Nathan Fielder, who were there, because they had gotten, like, a waiver that they could watch it. And then, at the end of the show they were walking out of the building robert met both of them nathan fielder and benny safty i met benny safty okay. it was very awkward very quick but very very cool it was it was wild this was like as far as experiences go this was probably my favorite uh, definitely my favorite of the cool. of the six i saw really cool <laughs> crazy
1: wow yeah I'm jealous. Oof.
0: yeah sounds <laughs> awesome yeah.
1: yeah um yeah th- that was like I do remember you telling me that it was very late and you had work the next morning. <laughs>
2: I did. <laughs> I slept like four hours.
1: <laughs> was it worth it?
2: It was. Oh, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> mm. Nice.
1: Um, well, anyway, there is one more thing from the festival to, uh, to discuss and foster, this was one that you saw alone, um, with the New York <laughs> Fil- film festival. They'll sometimes like, uh, have, they'll sometimes like add screenings for a sh- uh, for a movie or a show that's, uh, that's popular. And uh, this was this was one of those, right, that you snatched up.
2: Yeah, uh, I this was Ferrari, uh, by the way. I don't know. If, I can't remember yeah. if you said it already, but um, this was the last thing I saw. I feel like I'm talking way too much now. Everybody's tired. Of no, me, no, but, no, no, no. Um, Your voice is very calming.
0: No, I like it. I was telling Rowan before I was excited to do a podcast where I didn't have to talk that
2: much. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, um, I, I guess I'm delivering on that, <laughs> fortunately. um uh this is adam driver he plays enzo ferrari and penelope cruz plays his wife uh and Mrs. Ferrari. It is, yes exactly <laughs> yeah, it is, technically, uh, yeah. eh, it's a it's a michael mann movie um i really didn't know what to expect going into this um i i had no like big anticipations for it uh i like michael mann movies i like heat and collateral especially a lot um Adam driver, I think is like one of the best actors working right now. So I was excited to see him, but I'm just not a big, like racing movie guy. So this did not, uh, I was not like hyped for this necessarily. Um, I thought this movie was good, but not amazing. So maybe slightly underwhelming. I would say the best things about the movie are Penelope Cruz is incredible. And she is like, in she's crazy sassy and like, her face looks like she just wants to murder everyone who's in front of her. And she's like taking no nonsense from anybody. Like any time like a person tries to test her, you're just like, I can't wait to see when the camera cuts to her face, what kind of look she's going to give them. She's so good in this movie. And it's like the character is nothing. It's like, it's like a wife character. They don't give her like all that much to do. She like brings everything to this character. And that was my favorite thing about the movie. Adam Driver is also really good, I think um he just does like these things with his hands like the way he talks and you're just like staring at his fingers whatever they're doing on screen and it's like it's i don't know he's just so interesting and then the racing scenes are great like it's a really good looking movie it's just like theme of the of the festival i guess for our for our movies it's a little boring to be honest with you for me i feel bad saying that but like I just d- didn't really care about the story all that much. Um aside from the last third when it gets to like the big race, I thought that stuff was really really good, but um yeah, I just did not really care about Mr. Enzo Ferrari or his family or any of that stuff.
1: Mrs. Ferrari. So, <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, so I don't yeah, really I've know. I was a little, a little underwhelmed, but yeah. but it's a good yeah. it's a good movie. I feel like the people who are like Michael Manheads are going to be into it and there what it is.
1: Man Oof. fans. Yeah. Um anyway. Uh that's really good, Ron. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I, I like to think that I added some some vital uh input into your into your um into your thoughts. Uh, we,
0: should we do rankings or do the runtime game first? Let's
1: do mm-hmm. rankings first and then the runtime. Uh, actually, no, let's let's do the runtime game first and then rankings to close it out.
0: Okay, so the way we play the runtime game, it's quite easy. Yeah. Uh, I ask you guys what the runtime of various things yeah. are, and you try to get it as close to the exact number of minutes that Letterboxd has as possible.
1: Okay. So I, I
0: guess we'll start with Strange Way of Life despite it being a short.
1: I think we should do... Foster and I both guess, and whoever's closest gets a point.
2: Okay. I I think I should guess first because I don't know that I'm going to be as good at at this as Rowan is. That's fair. Um, fair. And so I don't want him to influence me because I'm just going to pick his number, but like one off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great way of life.
2: I want to say that's 29 minutes. I'm going to
1: say 32 minutes.
0: It's 32 minutes. Rowan is. So the reason we play this game, and usually there's not a competitive aspect, (laughs) is because it's like Rowan's little party trick. Is that he like weirdly knows for like even movies he hasn't seen he just like mm-hmm. knows the runtime
1: yeah okay all of us strangers
0: oh that's, that's next? next yeah okay well then just Rowan <laughs> unless you want to guess as well no
1: I think I think I think we should all I think we should both guess all of it even <laughs> ones that we didn't see
2: <laughs> man I mean I'll make a guess uh um like uh I don't know one hundred. Fourteen minutes, uh, hundred five minutes.
0: Again, you're right on it. I feel like you must have been looking at these earlier. today. <laughs> I, I was not to get I them not, perfect because you I was still not looking get at these earlier today. Perfect. that. I,
1: I did look at them a lot for various reasons, like around when I saw them.
0: Okay, so you yeah. probably know these better than most movies we talk
1: about. Yes, that is true.
0: Okay, well, that's two that you've gotten exactly right. <laughs> okay, next is Evil Does Not
1: Exist. One sixteen. One <laughs> oh six,
0: it's one oh six. God damn it! Gosh. You're getting them exact. It's less fun when you get them exact. I know, I know,
1: I, mean, I know. it's it's fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna get
0: here. Let's do the zone of interest.
1: Okay,
2: shit. Um, because uh, you're you're still gonna get this better than me. Um, uh, one. Let Foster go. Okay, oh right, 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 right. I don't know. Um, one one twelve minutes. One hundred ten minutes.
0: It's one oh six. One oh six. So Rowan, um, you are closer. <laughs> so that's I don't know how many points for you. What's next? Is uh, days? perfect days. Okay.
2: One, 106 minutes. One hundred twenty one minutes.
0: One twenty three.
2: Oh, is it that long? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those ones I thought it was like short, but it just felt really long. Okay. Right. It, but it was. Turns weird. out it felt exactly as long as it is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, boy and the heron. Boy and the heron. Um. Oh gosh, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe one twenty-three minutes. One twenty-four minutes.
0: It's one twenty-four. <laughs> I'm going to
2: actually reach through the screen and murder you right now. <laughs> Just thought I'd let you know and give you I a little say, warning.
0: Ghibli movies tend to be.
2: Like, around
0: Exactly that two point. hours is is yeah. how I feel like...
1: Yeah.
0: Like, if they're long, they're going to be exactly two hours. I don't know
1: if we can
2: do The Curse.
0: I, I don't think show. we can. Yeah. yeah,
2: skip it. Let's do Ferrari. Ferrari. Oh, I want to say... 143 minutes 135 minutes
0: it's 130
2: 130
0: what yeah
2: oh man that was me putting my bias on there it just felt really long to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's well, how when i try to play this game that's how i am Is i guess way too long and i'm like sorry yeah. i was bored i guess <laughs> 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 okay so rowan wins the runtime
1: game Yay. we've never played Boo. this.
0: We've played it competitive with another person
1: before, before. <laughs> We should do it when when we've guests on. So
0: you so you can feel good about yourself? Yeah. So you can feel yeah. <laughs> totally. guests. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We should do it when we do the the spoiler alert, there's gonna be a, an episode on the Hobbit series coming up. Um we should do that when we do Well,
0: this, you know Hobbit. those off the top of your head.
1: I, I don't, actually. You know pretty close. I know like the yeah, okay. I know the <laughs> the ballpark.
0: Like I know you could tell me the Lord of the Rings runtime off the top of the head and you would go regular or extended edition.
1: <laughs> you'd be able to name both okay okay um anyway thank you for joining us foster
0: (laughs) we gotta do our rankings (laughs)
1: shit we gotta do our rankings okay trying to kick Um, me off (laughs) uh mine's easy i saw two you you should do yours first
0: um even though boy and the heron was the one that i the only reason i wanted to see anything at the festival all of us strangers was my number one and boy and the heron was my number two Mm-hmm. I, and I loved both of them. So yeah. I ended up having like a 100% love these movies enjoyment rate. Both ended up in my top 10 of the year, I think. Actually, All of Us Strangers is currently at my number one favorite <laughs> movie of the year.
1: Hell yeah. Um, All of Us Strangers is also my favorite, followed by Boy and the Heron. Uh, so and- I
0: saw the best one. Yeah,
1: you saw the best one. Of them. the ones you saw. And then, um, and then Perfect Days, Evil Does Not Exist, in a Strange Way of Life. Um. yeah which I, I don't know
2: I, I feel like that tracks yeah,
0: yeah yeah based on what you've told me Yeah,
2: based on how much I, I liked each of them <laughs> makes sense Foster uh, my number one is Zone of Interest my number two is The Curse which by the way it's really funny that both of our top two favorites are the ones we did not see with each other <laughs> 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 uh, my number three is Perfect Days number four is Evil Does Not Exist although those two are kind of tied number five is Ferrari number six is Strange Way of Life very nice.
0: So, also the order of the ones you saw together lines up in your mm-hmm. rankings. Totally makes sense. Yeah,
1: it's we're cool. just on the same wavelength, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Foster, thank you very much for joining us. Um, is there anything you'd like to uh, to plug or anywhere you'd like to send the listeners?
2: Letterboxd. F O S T H one zero one. I'm on there all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm a menace. You and me. Somebody both. stop me.
0: I've had someone stop me on campus and be like your boyfriend I feel like he must have letterbox <laughs> post notifications on because every time I post a review he likes it within like five minutes of me posting. and I was like no he's just obsessive <laughs> he just checks it every every 10 seconds yeah
2: you sent me a message Rowan, that was like I'm not terminally online but I am terminally on Letterbox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's true, it's true.
1: If you look at my like screen time used app Letterboxd is probably near the top.
0: I take him to volleyball games with me at our school and I just every time I turn to be like did you see that? He's on Letterbox.
2: Okay, I've been no, You've more been better.
0: Lately you've been more into it. Yeah. Um,
2: uh <laughs> i just have to say during this episode 24 minutes ago i got a letterbox notification that rowan likes my review for perfect days <laughs> <Run>! <laughs>
1: because i realized i didn't like his review of perfect days and that was my fault I yeah, was it was very us. rude it was very rude <laughs> oh my God. um anyway so yeah uh that's all for now we'll be back next week with another episode don't know what it is yet but we'll figure that wow. out
0: thank you for joining us i had a great time
1: yeah Hopefully we'll thank have you for me having me at some point yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah we'll be back next week with another episode
0: yeah okay love you
1: bye Wait, how, how do you stop the recording
0: i don't know how do you stop up here how do you stop the recording